right. Hey, what's up, listeners? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. My question for you is, are you ready? Hopefully you're not getting caught flat-footed. Here we are. I'm recording this on January 4th. And is your plan in place? Are your key activities clear, scheduled, mapped out? Do you have your milestones in place? Your method for tracking your progress? How do you know if you're on track? How do you know if you're actually making progress and not just being busy? Those are some of the kind of questions we talk about in our weekly mastermind and coaching calls for members of our My Agent Classes group. That and a lot more. If you're looking for for some direction, if you're looking for accountability, maybe you'd want to consider becoming a member because we do a lot more than just go into our local market and teach agent classes to attract instead of chase realtors, to facilitate trust, right? To reduce the, uh, how can I say, resistance, right? And increase the conversations that lead to referrals. Case in point, another success story from one of our uh, longtime members, Carmela, what is up? Uh, she just posted this yesterday. I mean, January 3rd, she's already winning. She's already creating momentum. She had a two-hour meeting with three top agents, and she shared with them what's called our 90-day CMA. What that is, it's a video idea that takes the Google Earth along with a CMA and seller net sheet. We got it from a realtor friend of mine in Florida. And when he uh, executed 72 CMAs over 90 days, he listed 11 million and sold 9 million of that. What we're doing is showing the agents how to take that, copy that idea, and make it unique for their own purposes, for you know, unique to their own area, make the adjustments they want to make to it, uh, which Carmela did. She said we tweaked it and made it our own, right, with some own uh, their own little custom marketing aspects to it. These three top agents left her office super excited. Great way to start the new year. Way to jump in. Way to create momentum. What are you waiting for? Learn more by going to mortgagemarketing.pro. Schedule a call with me and let's have a conversation and see if this is the right fit for you. Okay, so before I introduce my special guest, I've got a question for you. Are you disappointed in the amount of referrals you get? Do you get a lot of Google reviews, online reviews, right? Your four or five stars, but that hasn't really equated to a lot of referrals, right? Coming from your past clients, maybe even coming from some of your referral partners. If you feel like that, today's conversation is for you because we are talking about the customer experience and how to identify why you may be getting online reviews. Your clients may be saying they love you, but they're not referring you. If you're not getting the amount of referrals that you want, something in the process is broken. And we're going to unpack that for you here today with my special guest, Mike Seminari, who is the Director of Customer Experience for the Stratmore Group. What Mike does is he oversees the customer experience programs at Stratmore, collectively known as Mortgage EXP. And what they do is they survey tens of thousands of buyers, people who have gone through a mortgage transaction through their Mortgage CX, EX, Mortgage Wow, and Strategic X programs, surveys, benchmarking, reporting, reputation management, referral partner surveys, and more. And if anybody's got the true metadata on what actually drives referrals, Mike and his team over at Stratmore Group do. And we are linking up some great resources in the show notes. So this is where you want to definitely tap through and go to the uh, show note links because Mike is sharing his seven commandments for optimizing the customer experience. 
Where is the breakdown? How do you identify it? Most importantly, how do you fix it? Do you have the courage to contact your past clients and not just you know get the warm fuzzies about how they, how they loved you, but actually unpack and discover where it went wrong? Folks, if there's any quick, easy way to actually grow your business and win, it's through the wow factor experience. And I know that term gets a lot of lip service, wow factor, but in today's conversation, you're going to hear exactly what that looks like and sounds like from your actual client experience side, not from your side. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Check the links in the show notes. And if you think this episode is great, which I know you will, please share it with somebody that you think will find it valuable too. Without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here, Jeff. Great to connect with you. Uh, for those who may not be familiar with who you are, um, why don't you tell us what do you do and what are you all about? Yeah, so I, I've been in the mortgage industry about 23 years now, uh, but it's been it's split a little bit between uh, origination. I started off as a loan officer, worked with Wells Fargo and Citizens and uh, a few other lenders. I eventually moved over to this tech side and was one of the early employees at Velocify. Uh, and so helped kind of bring that company up. And, and then about seven, eight years ago, Stratmore reached out. Stratmore, if, uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar, is a consulting firm. We do a lot of M&A, a lot of uh, corporate strategy, um, just a, a lot of we're very well known for our data and our programs with the MBA and whatnot. Anyway, uh, reached out and said, you have got a good background in both tech and mortgage. We need somebody to run our CX uh, initiatives, our customer experience stuff. And so at the time, we had this this great, uh, it was about two or three years old at the time. So um, this was back in 2013. Garth Graham uh, was one of the people who had kind of pioneered this idea of why aren't we doing more deeper research into the customer experience? Nobody's really doing it. I mean, yeah, JD Power is kind of doing their once a year thing and ad hoc things for a few lenders, but no one was really kind of going deep and asking a lot of questions every day on every loan. And so we thought there was a huge opportunity there, um, got into the space, and for a number of years, did really well in, in providing data. But we got to the point where lenders were not really doing anything with the data. Uh, they were just kind of sitting on a pile of great information and not operationalizing it. And so we've moved in the past few years into really uh, creating uh, digestible, actionable reporting where every single LO, every single processor, all of their managers, everyone gets a personal view into how they're performing, what their impact on the customer experience and a, and a clear path forward to how they can improve. That's been a game changer. And uh, I've been proud to kind of lead that effort as we, um, you know, as, as we roll out this, these new reports and these new products. Mm. Well, I love what you focus on, which is CX customer experience. And I think that you, the fact that you opened up with, you know, the commentary around, um, there was data, there was information, but nobody was really doing much with it. And I actually kind of want to enter the conversation there because, uh, I know, um, earlier this or last year, end of 2023, I'm on your LinkedIn profile. We're going to link all this up in the show notes so people can follow you because you do put out some great content. Um, but one of the things you pointed out on there is you, the question you asked was, what are you doing to create wow for your borrowers? And 
the challenge with that is to your point kind of a moment ago is like we've heard that for a long time right like the whole cx thing we know we should be wowing our clients but i don't really see that necessarily showing up in the real world right um and so yep. i'm curious if you maybe we'll start with like highlighting what would be some ways from your data from your research and we're going to continue to unpack this um but what would be some easy points of entry for people who are looking to enhance their customer experience? Yeah, I mean, the the data that we have is, is almost counterintuitive because when you when you talk about wow, you think about what did I go up, over and above and beyond? And there are examples of that, like the LOs who go and find uh, insurance quotes for their clients. Like that's not part of their job description, but they did it and it wowed the customer. But really what our data shows is that it's the process, it's the the touch points, the communication points in the process that determine the wow or not wow. Basically, will that person be a, somebody who word of mouth, unprompted, goes out and recommends you? So the, you know, I, just the other day I was reading two, two testimonials side by side. One said, this person answered all my questions, was a great person, loved dealing with them. Um, the other person said, this person was great, we loved them, but, the back, you know, the back office didn't return my calls, asked for the same document multiple times. I never even got a list of what I needed to provide. They were just like, they looked like fools asking me three times for the same thing. And when you, when you put yourself in the LO's shoes, the LO could say, well, that's not my fault. That's their, their job, their fault. But, but when you peel it back a little bit, it's like, you, you're, you're the one losing the referral because mm -hmm. that happened. So the LO um, we're trying to change the conversation from the LOs saying, this is not my fault, or this is not my responsibility to, oh my gosh, if this determines whether somebody refers business or not to me, it's in my best interest to keep a close eye on those things. And so all the data we have says, you, you know, you, we talk about NPS a lot, right? Will you recommend mm -hmm. if you don't call somebody prior to closing and have a conversation with them about the final numbers? NPS drops 95 points. So one of the first things I will recommend to a lender is don't, don't just call the person and say, hey, do you want to go over those numbers and leave a voicemail and say, hey, call me if you have questions. That's not good enough. It, the, the habit, the new kind of lifestyle you need to lean into is, hey, borrower, this is really important that we do this. I need 15 minutes of your time. Let me know when, when we can schedule that and go over those numbers and just make that a habit on every single loan you do you'll never have somebody say they they didn't get, get to go over the numbers right if you have a, a you know a checklist at, at the beginning going out that's usually automated these days right? right but sometimes they fall into spam sometimes the borrower never opens it sometimes their spouse opens it but they don't mm -hmm. um and so you have i what i see in best practice right is is the los that do a really good job at this they just make it a habit every time, you know, after they, they get the application in that automated thing goes out, they call or text or say, Hey, it's important that you see this email, look for it. If you don't see it, let me know. I want to make sure you get it because it's a really important thing to make sure that you're delighted at the end. Mm -hmm. So you drop these little hints, you, you make habits, um, even in busy times, so like people should not have a problem with it right now. Right. But even in busy times, some of the, a lot of these things are doable if you start the habit now. Right. All right. So there's some good nuggets in there. Just to be clear for those listening, NPS refers to net promoter score 
what that asks yeah. is the question is scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend us right to friends or family? So that's kind of yeah. a metric for tracking. Is that correct? It is. It is. And it's, it's, it's the baseline of, will you get repeat and referral business from the person? But it's not all about that NPS score either. It's that's like the table stakes. That's what you have to focus on first, yeah. a pristine process. You get the, anything in the process goes wrong. And, and by the way, 55% of loans have one of the seven things we look at in the, the seven commandments go wrong and it destroys your, your chance at a referral or a repeat business. And so the, the why has to be the LOs have to start understanding this is so important that this will determine whether I get referrals or not. It doesn't right. matter if I get a testimonial. And by the way, yeah. not, not just referrals. And I know you know this, but I'm just calling this to the attention of the listener. Uh, yeah. Referrals obviously great, but let's not forget about those online reviews, right? The Google business profile or wherever else you're looking to get those five star, right? If you want to get that consumer direct bubbling up. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up uh, because that's actually, I, I see a little bit of a misperception on those that we're kind of moving into a post online review phase. Like people still read online reviews, but they're not reading them to choose a lender. They're, they're reading them to verify or confirm that they're making a good choice. Mm. So the top, they're not filling top of funnel the way a lot of people used to think. So you have, and you have a lot of companies out there from say two, 2015 on who came on and said, Hey, if you put your name and your testimonies out in enough places, you'll just get flooded with leads. Mm. That never, never really happened for most people. And so they started asking why, well, the why is you can have a, somebody who loves you, but didn't have a great process. Same way. If you go to a restaurant, yep. mediocre food, great waiter, yep. are you going to go out of your way to talk about that restaurant in a good way? Probably not. Mm. Right. Just because they had a great waiter. It, it, they have to have a good process A to Z. Mm hmm if, if you want them unprompted, and I keep saying unprompted, but the, the testimonial does not equal referral. The testimonial no. does not equal um, word of mouth referral. If you think about the experiences you've had, mm -hmm. I would say a nice thing about the person at the counter at the store I went to. Sure. You, if you ask me for a testimonial, mm -hmm. great. Am I unprompted going to my friends and family saying, you wouldn't believe how great this story is or how great this experience was? There's a difference between the two. Yeah. Um, and, and the difference, what we've seen in the data is that when the process is great, those people unprompted go out because a, a mortgage loan, you, you don't go into a mortgage loan thinking it's going to be all butterflies and unicorns. You th you're thinking you're expecting a little bit of pain, right? A little bit right. of resistance, right. anxiety, stress. And it's like going to a dentist. If I go to a dentist and I get a, you know, it, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. If they make it smooth, if I get a clean bill of health, that's a win. Yes. Even though it was uncomfortable. So it, it's basically beating that baseline expectation is what we need to do. The expectation right. is they're going to keep coming after me for more documents. They're going to keep telling me, no, we're not approved yet. No, this isn't right. No, this, you know. You're expecting all that. And if you kind of just remove some of those landmines, people are delighted. It's it's above their expectation. So it's multiple things going on here. Um, there's a yeah. lot to unpack in this conversation. Number one, it sounds like what you're saying is set the expectations clearly from the beginning. Meaning, I remember years ago, there's a, you may know of this guy, Joe Stumpf, real estate sales trainer uh, in, mm -hmm. in your area, Orange County, California. Um or sorry, you're in LA, but nearby. Uh, I'm from Orange yeah, County. Yeah. But I remember Joe um, back in the day 
one of these scripts he used to use was taking on this metaphor of like getting when you're on the plane as a passenger, you're a passenger and I'm the captain. And there yep. may be some turbulence along the way. However, if there's turbulence, I'm going to let you know about it. And I'm going to come over with a loudspeaker and let you know it's time to put on your seatbelt to stay in your seat and I'm still in charge and I'm going to get you to our destination. And I thought that was a great representation of like this transaction setting the expectations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both know Sue Woodard. One of the things she always used to do as a loan officer back in the day was give people, this is the laundry list of things that could happen. Mm. And so if one of them did, she would say, Hey, number 17, we talked about it. It happened. On you the know. list, number 17. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, when you set the expectation like that, one, one of the best things that I think an LO can do is, you know, a, a lot of the things we talk about um, in terms of great customer experience comes mm. down to communication. Right. And, and I always like to talk also about habits because you're not going to change by setting goals and, and going after the goal. You're going to change right. by creating a lifestyle that's different. Um, thanks. You know, atomic atomic habits. There you go. So, (laughs) but, but the, one of the best things you can do as an LO is say to the customer, give them the framework, say, this is how I plan to communicate with you. I Mm want to know if it's okay with you. These three milestones are super important. I'm going to give you a phone call and we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to congratulate you that we hit that milestone. And these things are not as important. They're just updates, weekly update. Maybe I'm going to email you those. If I need something from you, I want to be able to text you because I need it quickly. Um, how does that work for you? And then if you stick to that, you've already just given them so much peace of mind because the second a borrower calls you, you've already lost to, to get an update. Yeah. And and so that's just what, one of the great habits you can do right, right from the start. Yeah. So you're saying kind of, you referenced a checklist, uh, uh, um, a... Uh, you know, a process, a diagram, an infographic, right? But something that gives them that visual representation of this is our journey from loan app to closing. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I know for a fact, a lot of people listening to this um, haven't thought through this to the degree I think you're, you know, putting forth that people need to, meaning this can't just be Let's let's half-ass this and let's throw something together, right? This needs to be really thoughtfully architected. Would you agree? I would, but I, and I would add to it that there's almost ninety percent of loan officers that I talk to, they think they're already doing a great job. So <laughs> that's the that's the real barrier, is that they think. How do they know though? Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's not me because my customers love me and they have no reference for if they're doing the right thing. So that's where um, you know mini plug for the pr- program I run at Stratmore is called Mortgage CX. But the idea is that you got to empower them with knowledge, remove the blind spots because you'll have an LO who gets a 10 out of 10 rating from their for borrower, but didn't get a call prior to closing. Did you know, got asked for the same doc twice. They thought the documentation was unreasonable because the processor never gave them the why for why they were asking for a document. So you miss those things and the LO needs a visibility of that if anything's ever gonna change. So our program, we go deep, we ask a lot of questions. We give those personal reports with a clear path forward with for, for every single person. Every LO is gonna see, well, this is how I rank nationally. This is how far ahead or behind the company I am in this specific area, like calling prior to closing. This is how I compare to the national average. This is how I compare to best in class. So they have that gauge of 
you know, it's pink on the report if they are behind the national average. So they know where to focus. So you have people kind of self-correcting and making changes, making habit changes, and that ultimately brings everything up. Are you saying Stratmore CX, this is something that you provide for loan officers is some type of a program, by the way, obviously you and I didn't, you know, kind of prep for this ahead of time. Uh, This is something that loan officers or companies subscribe to, to better identify their weak areas, their strong points, but to actually, are you collecting real client feedback? Yeah, we're, we're doing, we're every single loan that closes for the clients that are part of the program. And, you know, some of the clients, I, I won't name names, but have been winners of JD power in the, in the past several years. Uh-huh. Uh, for for customer satisfaction, so we have some some great. I mean, some clients who this has worked really well for, and they're they're riding it all the way. So yeah, so it's 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 actually called Mortgage CX. Okay, it's flown a little bit under the radar, you know, compared to JD Power because well, we don't we don't do cars, we don't do you know <laughs> the laundry list of things <laughs> that they do, but but yeah, it's. Um, it, and it's something we don't heavily advertise, uh, but the clients we work with are, are really top tier um, in the mortgage industry. So it's more at a company or enterprise level than individual LO, correct? It is. Yeah. Okay. All it right. Is. Just clarify that. But I'm, I see it right now on the page. I'm going to link it up in the show notes uh, for those who want to go check it out. Um, Stratmoregroup.com forward slash mortgage CX. Looking at it right there. That's really cool. Um, I think this is such an important part of differentiation and being relevant, right? Um, Mm. And what popped into my mind earlier today in in kind of thinking about our conversation is, yeah, I'm a big fan of process. And I think, you know, especially as an originator, it's all, it's all, you know, you're basically running your own business. Yes. You've got your ops team or whatever, whether that's a broker employee situation, whatever. And, you know, you know how I'm sure you've heard this before, the degree to which a loan officer can individually influence the internal process at a company. To, to, but I think there are ways to do that. I remember when I was an originator, whether that was taking good, awesome care of my processor, underwriter, ops, closer, whatever, like there's ways to grease the wheel a little bit if you're looking to, to level up that, that customer experience. Um, but I want to go back to the pro, like, let's go back to the wow thing that we opened with and we can kind of weave in the seven commandments and things like that. Um, sure. Because you kind of touched on this and the difference between an online review, like a Google review versus a wow factor experience. What you're saying is those are really two different things, right? They are. Yeah, they are. They, well, so I'll give you some stats here. So we, we've, we do hundreds of thousands of surveys every year. So we, this is pretty rich, deep data. We, we ask everybody to rate their loan officer on several different attributes. How caring were they? How well did they explain the process? How responsive were they? Um, how knowledgeable were they? So, and we asked that of the processor too. When we roll those average scores up into into kind of like a an aggregate score for every loan officer, the loan officer scores on a hundred point scale, ninety five out of hundred is the average. Hmm. It's the average. Yeah. So everybody does a great job. If you're a loan officer and you don't do a great job, you're not going to be very long in that job, right? Mm-hmm. It's their job to be liked. Mm-hmm. It's their job to, you know, coddle and cradle the the customer a little bit. Right. A lot of them think it's their job to throw everybody else under the bus so they look good. <laughs> uh, but but you know, it's that's the part of the job description is that you are to be liked by the by the customer. And so naturally, everybody, even if it's a tough experience, you go you sit in the trenches with somebody for three months, you're gonna bond with them. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so anyway, everybody likes their loan officer. It doesn't make you unique. It's not a differentiator. Ergo, everybody gets testimonials. So I think two out of three surveys um, have testimonials on them, but almost everybody still has a 10 out of 10, you know, LOs rarely does somebody get a nine, you know, but nines and tens are kind of the average for LOs, but the process is what actually determines. So you overlay that with NPS mm -hmm. and it's a totally different story. Very interesting. So they're, they're kind of like, uh, I, I, you, you, some sins are forgiven because I like my loan officer so much. Is that I would say the opposite, actually. Really? Sins are not forgiven for the company or for the loan officer. Uh, you, you always like your loan officer, standard, right. but you're not going to go out, out of your way to tell people what a great experience you had. So it's like, hey, man, really love my LL, but that process sucked. Like, you know, would never do that again. <laughs> exactly. It was painful. It was tough. It was hard. Instead of what you want them to say is, it was easy. It was so great. You should do it with them. You ever had a bad experience? Oh, you need to get a loan? Go with them because it was so easy. So great. All right. Let me jump into your seven commandments. And I'm going to link this up in the show. <laughs> as well. Um, this article you wrote. Because what I want to do is I want to just maybe bring to the surface a couple of things that LOs can, you know, that they can directly influence and maybe move to the top of the funnel for their attention. Um, you mentioned a checklist, one of those things in the beginning, kind of like set the expectations for our flight path and things like that, right? What else would come up for you on that? Yeah, so I would say... Oh. I still got you. I'm here. You still got me? Sorry. My uh, my lights just came on, I told you. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> some, some work being in my house. Um, yeah, so my screen keeps flickering. I hope you're able to edit this a little bit. But, yeah, I can edit uh, no problem. <laughs> No okay. problem. Okay, let me put it back on this right screen then. I'm all for editing, so don't don't feel bad about that at all. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so remind me the question again. Um, so you've referenced having a checklist at the beginning, right, to kind of set the stage and their flight path for what to expect. But what are some other areas where LOs can move certain balls forward, right, more easily than perhaps some others? Yeah, I, th I think one of the big ones that, that comes up is ask for the same document multiple times. And mm -hmm. I think the national average is around 28 to 30% for that. So it's happening on a lot of loans. Now, you have people kind of dismiss that one because, well, it's it's a multiple, you know, it, the loan took a little longer. We had to get a refreshed document or we had to ask for page eight of the bank statement or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but when you look at that, even, you know, you overlay that again with NPS, people are annoyed by it. Yes. You know, it's, it's not something that people don't care about it. They do care about it. And it's about a 50 point drop in NPS when that happens. So one of the things that should just become a habit is the first conversation you have with, with people just say, hey, these things usually take more than a month and we need a month's worth of pay stubs. So as you get your next one, just plan on giving it to me when you get your next pay stub. If you're going to give me a bank statement and it's not automated or whatever, make sure that all pages, even blank pages are, are included. So in that case, if somebody asks again for a refresh or for page eight, you've already asked them. And so they're definitely not holding that against you. So that takes care of that piece of it. But um, one of the big uh, ones where people trip up here is with the, the portals. So 
the LOs who like to really handhold white glove the process, they'll say, no, just send it to me. I'll upload it into the portal. Don't worry about it. And they give them the document. LO sits on it for two days. The borrower gets an automated email saying, hey, we haven't gotten this. And all of a sudden, they're, they're having a bad experience. Breakdown. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so that happens a lot. Um, but the 30%, I mean, part of it is just poor organization. You know, bad handoffs from the LO to the processing team. The, the processing team, you know, when it 2021, it was especially bad, right? Because everybody was just running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Right. Um, couldn't keep things organized. But um, but that's a, that's a big one. Um, doc collection and communication, really, a lot of these things revolve around. The, the one that surprised me lately is the timeframe expectations. Huh? So you would think in a market like we're in, that wouldn't even be on the radar because everybody is has got one loan at a time. But I think what's happened is partly LOs are scrapping for business. They're not turning down loans. They're trying to make people happy. Oh, can you get this done in 15 days? Sure, sure I can. Fingers crossed. And and in the fulfillment teams, I've talked to some of them. They get the, the loans and they're like, wait a second, this is a hairy deal. Uh, how are we going to close it so quickly? So the timeframe expectations always buy yourself some time, always pad that, um, you know, under, under promise over deliver. Yeah. But man, the realtor's pressuring me. Like that's my, (laughs) you see people posting closed in eight days, you know, all that stuff. pressure. It is, it is tough. A lot of the advertising out there too is, is same day approval and all that kind of stuff. How do you compete with that? Right. Right. Um, that, I, I mean, I think it's just having a, the more communicative you are, the, the, the more you can get the borrower on your side early, emotionally, all of that, the more they'll just, they'll stick with you. Well, um, I'm, reading, I'm reading one of your little finer points here on your uh, yeah. uh, seven commandments, which again, we'll link up. But um, sure. when, it goes, when it goes wrong, like close, not closing an expected timeframe, this is such a classic dealt with multiple people who are not on the same page. Like that must happen. I don't know if you have data on what percentage of loans that happens on. I don't have data, but it's, it's a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Comes back to communication, comes back to your internal process. And I'm thinking of some of the people that I know that have been on the show that I've interviewed who have very well-structured, well-defined processes. Um, sure. It's those things that it's, it's not like it's never done, right? You're yeah. always looking to refine and enhance and gather that customer feedback to find the holes. And you've got to be willing to take some of the bad news, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I did I did a loan years ago, but it was with Rocket, right? Mm-hmm. One of the best ones out there. And I've got passed around to five different people, which is kind of their thing. It's a little more factory line, but people were going on vacation. People were not calling me back. And it was just, it was a not a great experience because of that, you know, not to um, throw them under the bus here, but it's, it's an example of you can have a great company with, with great procedures and still have a bad experience. Uh, and so it, hmm. I will probably not do along with them again because, because of that. Would you be willing to pay a slightly higher price because of that bad experience? I think, uh, you know, I, knowing what I know, I, I don't even go to, lenders that don't have great customer experiences. So I would be, so when I whittle it down, people sometimes ask me, who should I do a loan with? Well, I have all the data. 
So I can tell you, these are the top ones who you're most likely to have a good experience with. Choose between them. So in that sense, uh, because I, I wouldn't rate shop 15 lenders to get the best right. rate. Uh-huh. I would look at the best, you know, and, and this is a great example. This is how people shop. Right. Same thing with cars. You don't go on, online and say, what's the best car? Right. You kind of have, have an idea. You talk to friends, family, you see it on the road. You then narrow it down and choose between the three. And that's how people use reviews too, is they right. they go and look at the three top choices and they're like, well, this is the person I felt best with in my conversation. Yeah, hmm. Because I, th- I, I think when it comes to rate, until you get the application, till they know your credit score, till you do all that stuff, nobody's promising you a rate they, that they can promise right? mm-hmm. until they know all of that stuff. So I think it's it's tough to when we when we ask people why did you choose your lender, guess what percentage say rate shop? You know, best rate, best interest rate, two percent. Two percent. What what do they usually 2%. say? They say I knew them from from a, a previous relationship. Oh, okay. I knew the LO. I was referred by a realtor. I was referred by a friend. Uh, those that that's that's it. That makes up ninety percent right there. Best interest rate, best programs, um, testimonials about three percent. Yeah, I want to, um, if I can, I want to um, pause there a second on that. And I don't know if you've got any data on this, but obviously in this new world where you have this digital social media, you know, um, space, I'm wondering if you have any insights or data back to that exact point of like how I chose my lender. I knew them. I trusted them. I was referred by the real estate agent. Do you have any visibility or just, you know, commentary around uh, online presence, personal brand, right? Kind of stuff today. Yeah. I mean, based on the, that data that I just mentioned, it's really low. Now I will be, want to be clear here. Testimony. I don't want to say testimonials have no value because they do. do. 40 to 50% of people read the testimonial to confirm their choice. And if you're a loan officer and you're trying to go out for get new realtors, doesn't hurt to have testimonials to wave in front of them and say, here's why you should work with me. That's, that's always a good thing, but the value is pretty much limited to that. They're not filling your top of funnel. Your personal brand is table stakes in the sense that if you give, if a realtor gives your name out and they look you up and they can't find you, that's a red flag, right? You gotta be, you gotta have a presence and like I said, 90% of, of reviews are really good reviews. Probably 98% of reviews are good reviews um, because the bar or testimonials are good, good testimonials, right? So it's it's hard to find anything bad about an loan officer. So are you going to go and say, well, this person has 225 reviews. This person has 198 reviews. Am I going to pick the one with more reviews? The one with the picture I like better, the one I actually talked to them both and had a better feel for them. Um, do I go back to my realtor and say, well, which one do you like better? You know, it's, it's, that's how those decisions end up being made. It's, it's not who has, who has a better online presence because most people have an online presence today. It's it's not a differentiator and most people have really high star reviews. So it's, it becomes less important in terms of making a choice than just saying, hey, it's time for me to make a choice. Who do you really recommend? Yeah, and most re- most realtors do that. Right. Um, it, it reminds me of a study that I re- read from Thousand Watt Consulting, where they had a small sample size of the audience they interviewed. And um, 
it was all about uh, directing the financing on the transaction. And it showed that about half of the time, even though the buyer showed up with a pre-approval from another lender, they went with the realtor's recommendation. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens in the real world. <laughs> it is. It's even more pronounced in first-time home buyers too, because they're really reliant on those recommendations. I'll send you graphs on both of those. Uh, I don't know if you have a way to show them on this, but that sure. that's uh, it, it's really very interesting. Well, this is just interesting also because of a conversation I had earlier today. And uh, in the last few minutes we have, maybe we'll geek out on this for a second, is um, clearly there's this whole movement of building your personal brand, having content, video content, et cetera, being a modern next gen mortgage originator. And it's interesting to talk to somebody like you, though, who has data from thousands of originations of what was the primary source of you choosing your lender. And you're saying that in the ranking of online videos, content, whatever, even though there are success stories and I've had them on mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. numbers wise, collectively, that's still single digits. Yeah. I mean, th- those are the unicorns. They exist. You're right. They, they do exist. People, there are people who say, I get most of my uh, business from Google location search, right. but they're really rare. Those people are really rare most of the time. And and if you think about it, it, it pass, passes the sniff test of, okay, I'm going out to buy a pair of shoes and I need recommendations. I'll go read reviews on different pairs of shoes, right? But if I'm going to spend more money than I have in my entire life on something, sure, that makes me a little more gun shy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to pull the trigger unless I'm for sure, for sure. Oh, and God. then I'm going to talk to anybody I know who I trust. And so it's the trusted relationships on the big ticket purchases that you end up believing and going with. It's funny. I, I, I'm thinking of a couple of people we could have on and like have a debate about this, right? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I feel like the, the debate will be anecdotal versus metadata. And right. I have the metadata um, and people will come on and be like, no, that's not my experience. But and both are true. Right. Right. That's actually the the best point. Both are true. Let me, if I real quick then, because I know you have a pretty deep, you know, connection into the industry and you see a broad section as well. I, I I'm sorry to throw this curveball at you, but I'm curious if you have any commentary around what the buyer experience will be regards to the NAR lawsuit and how that might play a role. Probably no comment would be the best. <laughs> <laughs> Too early to tell. <laughs> yeah. Fair I enough. mean, yeah. Okay, we can leave it at that. It's not even settled yet, but <laughs> will be some some implications for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have personal thoughts, but probably not best to okay. share them at this stage. Oh, <laughs> I, I told you it was a curveball, and like you don't have to. Answer. <laughs> uh, it's America, right? So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, look at um, we could keep talking forever about CX, and I know you've got a lot going on today, and you've made time from your busy schedule to to be available for this conversation. What I wanted to do was bring this to the surface, especially at this time of the year. Like you said, there's some bandwidth right now. You might want to look at your processes and procedures for customer experience and wow factor. You've got some great suggestions here. I'm going to link up your seven commandments in the in the show notes. Also, the uh, link directly to the uh, Stratmore Mortgage CX. Any other places we want to direct people? LinkedIn profile or what? Well, you know, I, I do a monthly article that's called the Monthly CX Tip, and that's on the Stratmore website. So if you're interested in that, you can either reach me at mike.seminari at stratmoregroup.com, 
and just say, add me to the list. Uh, but we, we've got a lot of people on there um, that are enjoying those, those monthly articles. So we'd love to have you. Yeah. I mean, look at it's, 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 you know, based on what we all know, some of the things you talked through here today, like the old quote of like, it's easy to win. Right. I mean, I don't want to be cliche or whatnot, but let's just face it. One of the easier ways to win is having a wow factor experience, you know? Yeah. So why not start? And the the wow begins with the process. It's, it's so counterintuitive to most people because every, most LOs say I am the center of the universe. I'm the king of the world. And what I do affects whether, you know, only what I do will affect that person's referral business. And it's, it, it expands way greater than that. Uh, it's yeah. the process that, that, that determines everything. I would love to see this for the list of people listening right now. <laughs> Call your past 10 or 20 clients and just ask them, okay, I know you love me, but how was the process? Where were the pain points? Like have the courage and maybe you're not the best yeah. person. I don't know, uh, but I, I, that'd be an interesting exercise. I would, I, you could even go a little bit further and say, I, I know you love me. And what I've found is that people who love me but didn't have a great process in some area didn't go out of their way to just talk about how great it was for everybody. And so I want to uncover what could have been what not maybe, and if you say what could have been better, most people say, I don't know what could have been better. Right. But there are things that I want to be doing, or maybe throw some ideas at them or, or something. This is what I'm planning on doing. Would that have wowed you? Mm. Would that have made a difference? Would, would that have just like, yeah? And, well, and it also plants an idea in their mind. Oh, but that they haven't given you anybody. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't referred anybody. But it doesn't come out and say it. Hmm. So, I think a good place to start on that once again is the Seven Commandments article, which by now you should have already tapped on that link if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> and go to that because that'll give some entry points of proposing those topics to those those clients that you interview. So. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate it. And yeah, pleasure. Yeah, let's stay in touch. Listeners, you know what to do. If you found this episode useful, please share it with others and like it. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Hey, got a question for you. Are you struggling to get engagement and referrals from real estate agents and feeling like you're constantly fighting for business in a crowded market? What if I told you there's a way to attract agents to provide unique value that helps them grow their business and generate referrals on demand, helping you become the dominant loan officer in your local market? Look, I was an originator for over 10 years. I understand the frustration of feeling like you're just another player in a sea of competitors and you're struggling to stand out and get noticed by the agents that you want to attract and engage with. What if I told you there's a way to flip the script and position yourself as the go-to lender in your market, attracting agents, not chasing, not paying for leads, not cold calling, but actually generating referrals on demand. And the best part, you don't have to ever make a cold call or chase leads again. You don't have to work with weenie head agents if you don't want to. This is what we help originators do at the My Agent Classes membership. What do you get? You get exclusive access to our private community of like-minded loan officers where you can network, share best practices, get ongoing support to grow your business, and you get a turnkey platform that helps you build your personal brand that moves you from solicitor and vendor to partner and peer. You attract agents, you increase conversations, and you increase your referrals. All without chasing, without begging, playing the game, or paying for leads, you just by doing what you love to do, which is help other people solve problems. So how do you learn more? Go to mortgagemarketing.pro 
book a call with me and I'll take you through the library of done for you agent classes that you can use to just plug and play and follow our proven system of train the trainer. You don't have to be the subject matter expert. Think of yourself like the nightly news reporters just sharing the news. You also get access to our marketing automation platform that will attract, engage, and convert agents to referral partners for you. Scripts, checklists, downloads, automated email, SMS, text messages, uh, done-for-you landing pages, and more. You also get our market maker content, which is the social media images to help you promote your class online. And again, every Friday, our Mortgage Marketing Mastermind call. You get access to top LOs, speakers, coaches, connect and collaborate with what's working right now in today's market to help you grow your business so you don't have to struggle and try and figure it out all on your own. Don't miss the opportunity to learn more about what's helping so many originators succeed and becoming the go-to lender in your local market. Book a call with me now, Mortgage Marketing Duff Pro. We'll see you on the other side.